Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. All right. So, oh yes, uh, we have absolute trust in God to give us victory over the COVID-19 virus, the coronavirus, okay? And we believe it. We've seen the end of it in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, yes, so the COVID-19 vaccine is being distributed now uh, all over the world. And I just want to say, yes, everybody still has a choice. Okay, <laughs> we have a choice. We have power over our bodies and we get to decide. I just want to encourage that it is okay to take the vaccine. And if you ever have thought that science is against God and God is against science, I want you to disabuse your mind. I will encourage in your private time for you to read Ephesians chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1. Please read them in every translation that you can find, okay? Let me give you an idea of what I'm saying from Colossians chapter 1. And what I want you to see there is the vastness of Christ and the fact that there is no aspect of creation that is absent from Christ or that is estranged, <laughs> okay, estranged from Christ, okay, or devoid of Christ. Colossians 1 from verse 15 we look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything God started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, verse 20, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. So, this is from the Message Bible. Now, if you think that the cross, the death of Christ, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus are so spiritual. They have nothing to do with the galaxies, with the planets, with the atoms. You're grossly mistaken. Everything finds its place in Christ. He owns everything. He created everything. He feels everything. Listen, just like science can be perverted, everything as God's created can be perverted. The arts have been perverted. Entertainment can be perverted. So, But science itself is the proof of the existence of God. I follow uh, space exploration. I'm fascinated by it. So I read the accounts and saw the pictures from astronauts uh, that were on the International Space Station 
the International Space Station goes around the Earth several times in a day. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh my God, <laughs> I've been thinking that uh, the moon is in space, Mars is in space, you know, other planets are in space. I just suddenly realized the Earth is in space. We're, we're in space. <laughs> we're flying through space every single day, every second. It's amazing. And right now I'm following NASA's perseverance that landed on Mars, you know, some few weeks back. And, and that fascinates me. In fact, I'm following NASA Perseverance on Twitter right now because I saw a craft launched from the Earth that traveled 292.5 miles to get to Mars. It took it a little over six months to get to Mars. Isn't that amazing? And now it's taking pictures there and sending them, taking videos, shooting videos and sending them. It's amazing. You know what? just think of the effect of that on my worship. So when I say God is great, and that's just one planet to the other, <laughs> and not only do we have planets, we have galaxies. Hello. My concept of God is limitless. Okay? Science is not anti-God. So feel free to take the vaccine. It doesn't make you less spiritual. If you choose not to, it's within your rights. God bless you. All right, so we started this series of discussions last week, God's financial system. So as global economy picks up, as national economies pick up, just remember, massive disruption has happened in our world, and there is redistribution. It always happens when crisis happens. You remember the parable of talents? Yes, Matthew 25 from verse 14. So the guy that had one talent and refused to multiply it, Jesus said, take that talent from him and give it to the man who has ten. He said, for to him that has, more will be given. And from him that has not, even what he has will be taken away. Then he said, the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. So redistribution usually happens. And I'm here to prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ, <laughs> this redistribution will be in your favor. We're going through this series just so we can remind ourselves of the basics that God has a financial system and we can make money, we can prosper God's way. Good. Ephesians 4.28, New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, New Living Translation. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Amazing. Paul the Apostle is writing to people who had just become Christians. And he was saying to them, the way you make money has got to change. If you were making money illegitimately before, now you have become a Christian. The way you make money has got to change. Money is important. Okay, we, we established that last week. Here, we see a structure in Ephesians 4.28. So he says, stop stealing. If you were making money the wrong way, stop making it the wrong way. And then he says exactly what to do. He says, instead, use your hands for good Hard work. Wow. <laughs> Stealing is a bad strategy for prosperity. Okay. 
The second point here in Ephesians 4.28 is that we should work to make money. So let's discuss just a few points here. Number one, the main one. God expects us to align with the basic principle that controls the flow of money. And this is the principle. Money is a means of exchange of value. Money is a means of exchange of value. This is very important because I always try to remind people money has not always been in existence. And before money was invented by man, people did trade by barter. So you had um, either a product, either farm produce, or you had a service. Okay. You went to the market. And then, I mean, if you, let's say you had tomatoes, I had potatoes or bananas. Okay. We go to the market, we determine their relative values. Okay. The ease with which they could be produced and the level of demand and supply or scarcity. And then we exchanged them. When they got tired of carrying farm produce around, money was invented to represent the value of that product or service. Today, our thinking about money is disconnected. Okay? Disconnected. We, we only look at the figures. We only look at the card. We only look at the cash. Or in some places also the coins. That's money to us but it is disconnected from value. We need to bring the two back because Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28 does. Value must go from you in the form of products or services before value can come to you, period. You know the disconnection I'm talking about. We carried it over into Christianity. And just because we can pray, Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> so we ask for money, we receive it. Listen, if you ask for money, you have no plans to give value. You are into gambling. Okay? You want to turn God into a gambling machine. You want to turn him into a counterfeit currency producer. You want to make money without producing anything? Perish the thought. It doesn't work that way. Value must go from you for value to come to you. Paul the Apostle establishes that in Ephesians 4.28. Some believers are broke because they think that their faith will exempt them from this principle. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing I sense may have gotten some people confused. The testimonies of us pastors. Okay? Because I know sometimes when I share my stories, I talk about how God blesses me with money and how um, maybe somebody gave me an envelope or somebody gave me some cash or somebody gave me a check on a flight <laughs> and I found out God can bless you even in the air. Fantastic. Now, if your thinking is not principle-centered, all you will hear is that I received money. Your mind will not recognize that I also give out value in quantum measures, wholesale and retail. 
Any pastor that you hear sharing testimony, somebody gave me this, somebody gave me that, or anybody for that matter, listen, you're only seeing the fruits, you need to look for the root. You're only seeing the harvest, you need to look for the seed. This is important. <laughs> In Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, New Living Translation, I'll show you from the ministry of Christ, how the principle works even also for ministry. Luke 8, verses 1 to 3, New Living Translation. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others, who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Now, if you have that disconnected thinking that I was talking about, all you will see will be verse 3. How these women, some of them influential, were giving Jesus money. You would not see Verse 2, he took his 12 disciples with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Okay? He had solved problems for them. Value had gone from Jesus to them before value went from them to Jesus. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Matthew chapter 10. Okay? Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sent his own disciples out. Verse 1, New Living Translation. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Jump to verse 10. Jesus speaking said, Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Wow. <laughs> So Jesus gave his disciples capacity to solve problems, capacity to meet needs. He gave them power, authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And then told them, I don't need your savings. I want you to just go. Don't take your purse or anything. Prove the principle. When value goes from you, value will come back to you. Value will come back to you. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality. That's where your pay is coming from because those who work deserve to be fed. Amazing. <laughs> so, it's the principle that is working. It's not every person. I, I hear some people say, look, pastors make money easily. All they do is just ask people to give their money and people just give their money. I don't think people, most people are that stupid, especially except if you stole the money, okay, which is very possible. But for people that worked hard for their money, if you're not adding value, <laughs> they're not going to give you money just because they love your face. The real truth is some ministries are value adding, some are not. If you see people giving their resources to any ministry, the ministry is adding value. If the ministry is not adding value. It's not likely it's going to be able to get anything. Anyway, let's move on to Paul the Apostle as an example. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul decides to even sidestep the principle because he had established it when he wrote to the Corinthians. You know, Second Corinthians 9, 
if we minister to you spiritual things, we give you spiritual value, even though it's intangible. He said, we deserve to reap tangible or material benefits from you. And then just like he did in 2 Corinthians 9, he also does in 2 Thessalonians 3, he says, I've decided to skip that principle. I'm not even going to take any pay from you. In other words, if a minister is working hard and the resources are coming into the ministry, the person should be paid. Okay? Paid well. <laughs> Livable wages, okay? That's another issue I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, but Paul says, I've even decided to sidestep that. Second Thessalonians 3, 6-12, New Living Translation. And now, their brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. Wow. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted fruit from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night. So we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us. But we wanted to give you an example to follow. Too many lazy people in that church. <laughs> so the pastor decided to do something. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. <laughs> I know the way we say it in pidgin English in Nigeria, no food for lazy man. This is church. Paul continues. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's businesses. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to end their living. Wow. <laughs> so this is it. This is the Christian structure. A Christian should not be a liability on someone. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, it is God that gives us power to get, produce, or create wealth. God gives us the capacity. We've got to express it. That power, that capacity is spiritual. It's the power of blessing. It helps us to be productive, takes care of Satan and his interruption. But we must work. If we don't work, we waste the grace of God. Okay? We can never give spirituality as excuse for idleness. Paul the Apostle here says you've got to add value. And you know, I tested one principle. I tested this principle many years ago. Tested the principle. There is power in volunteering. Even if you will not be paid, if you don't have the ideal job yet, volunteer. Once value goes from you, you are kicking into motion a principle. Principles are powerful. They work and they have no respect for persons. And of course, one of us did it. <laughs> a lady in church, she did it many years ago. She had me teach on this and she went, a lawyer, she went and offered her service to the business of another church member. Yeah, she said, I just want to volunteer. I think with your kind of business, you, you do a lot of contracts. Can I help you to look through them? Oh, she did that for only one month and they gave her the job. They employed her full time because she was solving problems for them. Put the principle to work. Now, number two, following on that, work 
occurs at various levels. If you have to start from the lowest level, do it with pride. There is dignity in labor. This is important. The first thing, of course, you've got to do is you've got to have a vision because vision is the key to provision. Pro is for or towards. <laughs> the opposite is anti, which means against. So if it is pro-vision, it is for the vision or towards the vision. Okay, so you've got to have a vision of the quality of life that you want to live. What's the ideal? And that defines the level at which you've got to be solving problems, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. So work occurs at various levels. And you should aspire to offer value at higher levels. But when you have the kind of a disruption we've had in our world, or you personally go through crisis, you know, there's a downturn in the economy or something, we've got to have the grace, the capacity, if necessary, to start from the lower levels of our services. Joseph in the Bible found himself as a slave. He still offered excellent service. Then he found himself in prison. He offered excellent service. And then it was someone that enjoyed the service that mentioned his name in the palace two years later. There are no small opportunities in life, right? But some of us live in cultures that denigrate, okay, people that do work at lower levels. It's ungodly. It's better to work at whatever level than to steal for a Christian. Please honor anyone that is adding value anywhere, whether it is for pay or for free. Amen? Good. My encouragement here is please let us scale up our level of skills per time. We have to continue to learn and continue to upgrade our skills is very important. I will also add that as you scale up, you get to find out that mental work produces a lot more than physical exertion. So we've got to go for mental sophistication, okay? And um, whatever the technical skills that we have, we've got to move on to management skills and to leadership skills. They're all skills, okay? And they can be learned. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember Esau and Jacob in the Bible? You remember they said Esau was a hunter? Jacob uh, also managed livestock, okay? So both of them had to do with animals, but their approaches were different. Esau ran into the bush and chased an animal and killed it. Okay? He ate it, and that was the end of it. Jacob, they said, loved to dwell in tents. What he did was to do planning and to cultivate the animals. So it was the animals that produced more animals for him, and his wealth grew exponentially. Okay? And at the end of the day, um, you see that Jacob prospered a whole lot more? Exactly. Good. So, increase your mental sophistication. That is what I'm saying. That is what gives value to the work of your hands. And then number three, a final point for today, grace 
will make your work to produce great financial returns in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So, let me talk about how grace engages or influences our work. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, Paul the Apostle said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was given to me, was not given to me in vain. Okay? He said, I labored more than all the other apostles. So, if you don't work hard, you will waste grace. Okay? (laughs) When you've received grace, it is hard work that causes your grace to produce, or the grace of God in your life to produce results. Genesis 26, 12 to 14, New Living Translation. Genesis 26, 12 to 14. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. Wow, I just prophesied (laughs) for someone. I just shared somebody's testimony, and it is your testimony, that in the name of Jesus Christ, you will hear God. And as you work hard to fulfill God's plans and purposes for you, I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ, you will be productive. Your work will not be wasted. I prophesy in Jesus' name, your results will be supernatural. God will add his extra to your ordinary. Your results will be extraordinary in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As it was for Isaac, so it will be for you. You reap a hundredfold. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You prosper. You will continue to prosper. Your wealth will grow. The path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. You know, to the perfect day, Proverbs 4.18. You will not regress. You go up, you are never coming down. No one can curse you because you've been blessed by God. So I declare in Jesus' name, whatever is called the barrier around you comes down. Whatever is working against your enemy and you're prospering at this time, we declare the power of God defeats it on your behalf. Receive the power of blessing. Whatever you lay your hand on to do will prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for the person that is a part of this service. Honest person who says, Pastor, pray with me. My relationship with God is not even okay. How do I hear God's voice? How do I enjoy, you know, guidance from God? How do I enjoy the blessing of God? All of us were born sinners. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. God just wants us to ask for forgiveness. That's all. So can you please say this prayer after me? Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for my brother, my sister that said that prayer. We know their sins are forgiven right now. And heaven is throwing a party. Teach them to know you and to love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. 